everybody, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the details of that galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm here with my fellow military chronologist, Ross. Mac, it is so great to be back here with you today. Boy, am I excited to talk Bad Batch. We have uh, had a lot of fun watching this season, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk about it vigorously. But one thing to keep in mind here, lots of spoilers ahead. And speculation. We're going to talk about what we liked, what few things we didn't li- like, what we think is going to happen in Season 2, and what some of the things we learned in Season 1 are. And yes, we are going to be ruining and spoiling basically everything. If you're not cut up on Star Wars, we'll probably even <laughs> talk about like the initial appearance of the Bad Batch in the finales of Clone Wars. So be caught up before you listen to this episode. Yeah, it's well worth it. It's a great show. You want to watch it. All right. Well, with that, let's let's get into it. Let's jump in, Mac. Last warning, again, spoilers, we are going to talk at length about all the things that happened in season one, that's kind of the point. Ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm ready to be spoiled, Max. Spoil me away. Holy crap, Camino's blown up. Oh, poor Camino. Oh, I know that must have hurt you, like a knife to the heart. Mac, you saw that, you were like, wow, after six years of Star Wars being made exclusively for me, now they're just going to blow it up. We're just going to blow up my childhood, get rid of Camino, destroy it, send it underwater. But you know what? It's for the best because in some Marvel comics somewhere down the road, someone's going to be scuba diving down into those Camino remains and I can't wait. That's true. I'm not going to lie. What it really brought to my attention was like, man, I mean, I knew it was already, but like, I guess Force Unleashed 2 just can't happen anymore, huh? (laughs) Um, it could always happen. It could just be at a different location. But yeah, it, it does well, certainly seem like... Uh, the origin of the Rebellion's changed a little bit from Force Unleashed, so it was already kind of out there. But like, yeah, I just remember that was the... I think that's the first series of levels in Force Unleashed 2 is going through the like just abandoned facilities of Kamino, which is kind of what we saw, except... I thought that was the end. Was it the end? Spoilers for Force Unleashed 2. I thought it was the you the it ends on Camino. Of Did that it? I'm positive, but it might start and end on Camino. Well, yeah, because the whole thing is that you're not the original Secret Apprentice because he did he did, he died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only so the Force Unleashed one I played in depth, platinumed it, loved that game. Mm-hmm. Force Unleashed two I only played once, and I'm pretty sure I do the dark side ending, which if I remember correctly ends with you getting stabbed by another clone of yourself. That sounds very but familiar. But I don't remember what happens if the in the light side ending, because I don't think I ever did it. And then the Force Unleashed 3 got canceled, and we never got the conclusion to the story, which is very sad, because I very, very much liked those games. Oh, that was really cool, and I thought Galen was an interesting character. But that's for a different podcast. The because point today, was... <laughs> we are talking about The Bad Batch. You know, has anyone done a parody of, you know, the Bad Boys song with The Bad Batch? I mean, it has to have, have happened, right? Mm. I, someone needs to do that, and now that you make me think of it, has anyone done the A-Team trailer, but with the Bad Batch? Oh, I'm sure. You know, just, you know, if you're in trouble, and if you can find them, or, or Sid, you can maybe hire the Bad Batch. I love it when a plan comes together. That makes, uh, so that makes the Marauder basically the, the A-Team van. Yes. We just need to put a big orange running stripe on it. It could change in season two. It could get a spruce up. You know, fun fact is we're spoiling everything that someone pointed out, and I can never not see now, is what? when the Marauder, their ship's flying mm-hmm. around, it's a Kaminian saber dart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like not one for one, but it's close enough. Certainly inspired by Very a spiritual much so. successor to. As That's the say. 3D model we started with, uh-huh. and we turned it into. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Okay, so... It's a Bad Batch. What should we say about it? So, the first couple of things I want to say is, like, I was very impressed with it. I was surprised how much it worked, because going into this, we had seen them in the Clone Wars mm-hmm. finale. Yeah, we um, had four episodes of them. I was impressed how much the models and the voice acting had improved, even from what I in my mind, is not a huge amount of time between yes. when that was filmed and we and started the new one. And those episodes already looked very good. Oh, God, yes. So it's not like we thought it was needed to get better or anything. Right, but you can just tell that they're firing all cylinders. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest technical achievements, I think, of this show is how many places we go. It's not yeah, like... it's not oh. Ryloth for an entire season. Right. Or not Ry- I always say Ryloth. What the heck is the Rebels planet? Lothal. Lothal. I always no, no. say Ryloth. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is, like, Lothal was... Lothal was a great planet, but you, you knew it was like, we have to stay on this planet. Oh, because the story dictates it? No, because we don't have any <laughs> other assets at this level of quality. So until those are done, we're going to be in space and in Lothal. And I think we talked about this uh, during the appendix of another episode recently, but the first season of The Bad Batch is far and away, not even close, better than the first seasons of Clone Wars and Rebels. I, I agree. Like It's not even the same ballpark. It really is a amazing achievement for a first season so any criticism or you know things that we level at it going forward i think just keep that in mind we think that this show has tremendous potential i really enjoyed watching the first season oh absolutely and i'm very much looking forward to going back and doing an in-depth kind of analytical rewatch of every episode yeah uh, and that is something that will happen sooner or later it's, it's really funny my one friend i've been guiding him through clone wars we got through all of that mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we finally got to what's this bad batch about i'm like well if you want to watch the bad batch we can just roll right into that because you've already seen kind of the preamble to it and he hasn't seen um uh rebels yet so we we're just sort of it, it's fascinating to me of like yeah so so when you see this Kanan kid at the beginning of this show, you don't know who he is, and that's fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh, no, I've read the comic. <laughs> that's what he said, right? Oh, no, I read the Marvel comic once, and why is this at any level disputing that? I don't understand. It's almost <laughs> like the left hand and the right hand don't know what they're doing over there at Lucasfilm. I'm like, well, funny story. All right, all right, all right. All right, so, enough of that. Okay, so we I think we already actually touched that in afterward, but, like, so we have a a remixed version of Caleb Dune's story of how his master gets killed, how he gets away from the um, Order 66. Um, We don't know anything after that. I mean, for all we know, the cave scene from the comic book is the only thing that necessarily needs to be changed for the rest of that story just to flow. Mm. Um, But I... I thought it was really great, the restraint they showed by just sort of tipping the cap at it. They were not... You could have easily made Caleb was the Omega of this series, right? The person that the Bad Batch is protecting and make it a really, really hard prequel. But I'm very happy that's not the route they went. They just used him as a face of why the Bad Batch is conflicted over Order 66 and ends up on the side of it that they do. Yes, yes, yes. I I am glad that it was just a little taste of the Jedi but that a Jedi has not been a primary focus of the show. I'm very much into yes. that, that we have stayed through what is, it is pretty much these characters and their story with mm-hmm. a few small exceptions, but we'll talk about that a little bit as we go. So, you know, we meet the characters in the initial 90 minute premiere, you know, the giant supersized mm-hmm. movie event episode, yes. whatever you want to call it. And I think a really great start. I think we were all bought in from the beginning. I think Mac, you and I were both on the same page of like, yeah, this is what we expected. The first episode is the rise of the empire. The first right. episode is order 66. We're seeing it. And now we're off and running. Like we got a lot of what we wanted just in that very first episode. Oh, sure. And so we were all at a point of like, this is great. This could go anywhere from here. Cause everything we wanted to see, we have now seen. And really getting to the end of the first season, I think it feels like a conclusion of a lot of that stuff we wanted to see, like yeah. how the empire takes over a planet. We saw that in some of those middle episodes with Ryloth. And we got um, to see it in a very in-depth way. You know, like, I love in the background, you're seeing all the little, just the changes of like, yeah. due to the glory of the Empire, we will give complete credit to your Republic credits for fair exchange to Imperial credits. Yeah. And how people are getting chain codes, which I think the first time we heard those words uttered was in Mandalorian. I could be wrong. 
But I love the fact that, oh, chain codes, that's like your security chain of who you are. It's also an allegory towards enslavement, which is what's happening to you under the empire. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... I really like is it. Is it really that different from what we know anyway, like, that a social security number? No, but I love like, the fact that chain code has this great double entendre of, oh, yeah, it's just your chain code. Wait a minute. Chains are yeah. like things that you can wrap around someone and hold I them. See, Wait I a see. minute. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like when uh, yeah, Boba Fett first showed his chain code and how it attaches to to um, his father, Jango Fett, I thought chain codes were like, oh, this is like your DNA sequencing. And it, maybe it is, and yeah. maybe that's what chain refers to in-universe, but yeah. I love the fact that, like, when the one guy gets stopped, it's like, if you don't have a chain code, you need to go get a chain code, yeah. otherwise you can't leave planet. And yeah. the Bad Batch and their contact are all like, <laughs> Um, I just really enjoyed the fact that, like, oh, this is a thing now. That's a great little wrinkle of Star Wars, is what is the official passport of the Empire? Chain codes. Yeah. Um, and and just all that little stuff and how it again nicely is in the background. It is there for nerds like me to devour, and it is totally unobtrusive to the storylines. Like the storylines intersect with it where they should, which is the Bad Batch needs chain codes to get through, so they steal some blanks, they resequence them for ourselves, and now they do. We're done. Um, and I think the other thing we saw in episode um one that cascades through the whole show, um is the slowly unwrapping mystery of how, what does the Empire think of the clone army? Because mm-hmm. um, we start with that very, like, terse, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin being unimpressed is probably the best way to describe his feelings around the clones. He does, he sees them as military assets. He fully plans to exploit them for the greater glory of the Empire, but he's not convinced it's the future of the Imperial Navy and Army. Yeah, I mean... One of the secondary arcs of season one, I mean, the the arc of the villains, quote unquote, in season one is the Empire replacing clones with soldiers, with stormtroopers, bringing in the stormtroopers. I mean, early on in the season, we see the first ever human recruits, you know, human, quote unquote, like like non-genetically grown recruits. And I also enjoy the Empire. And the other thing I also enjoy about that, bringing that to Star Wars, because we see it first with like... um, Crosshair's new squad. Yeah, the elite squad or whatever, elite commandos or whatever they call them. But I like that we're continuing something that I remember when I read it in, I think it was Rebel Dawn. It was the first time I read it and I go, but like, really? Which was, there are lady stormtroopers. Of course there are. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't tell anything under that armor. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not against that there are them, but like, huh, just huh. Because we know all the clone troopers are not because the clone troopers are from one genetic template. Right. right. Um, so I like the idea that in a weird way, the first order continues to look worse as the empire looks more progressive and inclusive than ever before. <laughs> That's a very fair Again, point, Mac. There's still space Nazis, but they're not the space Naziest of space Nazis. That's true. First That's order, the first order. <laughs> yeah. The first order is quite intense. Well, the first order though, they do also have ladies. Well, yeah, but <laughs> All their troopers are indentured servants stolen at birth. Oh, so for sure. For sure. It's, it's a little the first darker. The order than... is more intense. The first order is ratcheted up to a 10. But... Well, and they also they also literally do the Nazi salute, which the Empire is not even that bold. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, good point. So luckily, the Empire, they're just they're just a soft little kitten compar- comparatively, right? Yeah. And, okay, so first micro micro nitpick oh, okay. is the fact that I felt very disappointed that it wasn't until like the second to last episode that I think they finally made the, oh, that's what you're getting at. There's the case for why something would be superior to your clone troopers. Because they're basically going like, I don't know about these clones. I'm like, they just want a war. I think they're pretty good product. If I was buying Camino, I would think I got my money's worth. Not to mention, I have all this specialized equipment, a lot of which is based on, are you of a very standard size, considering <laughs> all the equipment was designed for one dude. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out really well for us. Like, what what is the actual reason that TK troopers are better than clone troopers? And it's when we're at that uh, facility breaking Gregor out that he even met, he mentions the fact of like, well, here's the thing, you know, we are way better soldiers, but there's an endless supply of conscripts. 
There's an endless supply of people yeah. signing up and pledging loyal to the Empire. Yeah. And Tarkin kind of made a vague thing of like, well, the thing about it is, you know, and, and, and Rampart, Admiral Rampart, who's sort of the face of that plot line, said something about like, well, you know, people who pledge loyalty are going to be better than the clones. And I'm like, are better than people that literally have hardwired chips in their head that tell them who to be loyal to? So I don't agree. It's interesting you bring out Tarkin because there, I, I swear, and I was trying to pull it from the, you know, dust it off in my memory. Mm-hmm. There's something more recent where they talk about, maybe, is it Bad Batch? Maybe it is. It's like, mm. not just, it's not that they're better not that they're going to perform better right but it's it's how they're establishing loyalty to the empire right not that their troops are necessarily going to be more loyal in the moment right but it's a long-term thing right like oh these guys will retire from our service have children and they will be in a village somewhere yeah. talking about how great serving the empire was it it's literally they're trying to build the empire into the culture by having a strong military community be yeah. the base of their government. Yeah, I mean, when you pull back and you look at it, like, a lot of it makes sense. Like you said, you have the elements of uh, the expansion of the New Order. Just the idea of we want loyal soldiers because the Empire is something you want to be part of. Exactly. Yes. Um, your Emperor needs you. I think the other piece of that, if we're looking at it from sociopolitical, is the idea of, like, well... Are you likely to attack a stormtrooper if, like, four guys from your graduating class went to the stormtrooper academy and they could be any of them could be under that helmet? Another very fair point. Um, And last but not least, it's also the militarization of the galaxy for a universe that did not have a standing army galactic wide. Now that you suddenly have one and it's made up of all kinds of member planets, like you said, there's a there's a. An understanding of being a professional soldier is a career for a lot of people that it may never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so the empire needs to provide jobs too. Well, they even said like the one kid that I think he's actually the one who gets murdered in the second episode, but he's the one who says like, "Listen, you know, the public never did anything for me. The the you know the empire is the first thing that got me off my homeworld, so mm-hmm. I'm loyal." The only mm-hmm. problem is like, but I'm not here just to kill people. And Crosshair's like, "Oh, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> Because apparently Crosshair is. Well, because because Crosshair was ordered to kill these people. Yeah. And you know what good soldiers do. Oh, we know they follow orders, That's right. (laughs) I love how that plays through. Like, one of the fun moments uh, watching it through someone else's eyes was how stressful the episode is with um, uh, Trace and... um, Martha? 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 Martha. Trace and Martha. Martha. When... Wrecker is having headaches and going, a good soldier, like where he's like, you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to tip. And then you get to that next episode where they get in the inhibitor trips out and there's like that two minute action sequence where Wrecker is 100% order 66. You're all traitors. I'm going to kill all of you, including this little girl. (laughs) Oh boy. Wrecker, speaking of Wrecker, just Wrecker has got to be your favorite. Like, is he (laughs) anybody's not favorite character? Like, he has just turned into the star of the show. His relationship with Omega is great. Uh, He's so much fun to watch. He's so, his design is great and fun. Um, He is, I mean, all of these characters are traditional archetypes in a lot of ways. But he is just so much fun and so enjoyable. Uh, and, I, and I have a great time every time he's on screen. He is the I, most fun to watch. I think in many ways he's endearing in the same way like a Chewbacca is. Because Chewbacca mm-hmm. is just this you know, big thuggy guy who's just super loyal to his friends. And he's always pitching in and dealing with all the stuff that, to be honest, he's a much just simpler person. Mm-hmm. And Wrecker's that like dialed to 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think he's great. And and okay, I we're going to probably, this is not the last time, but... D. Bradley Baker, what a, how amazing is it when he's carrying like five characters every single episode plus extras? You know, when you think of that episode where it's like, oh, it's the five soldiers and uh, Rex are going to the junk planet, you know, to go and get the inhibitor trip. I'm like, yeah, so the booth is that guy and the girl who plays Omega. That's the only people we need this week. <laughs> you know, yeah. and... And one thing I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a little gallery content because I think I said this before, but like, I really want to know, like, so did he record each line separately or was he just talking to himself for 10 minutes at a time? 
Um, but it's it's fascinating, and he really. Uh, when I saw Bad Batch after just seeing the the finale of Clone Wars again, I realized just how much more he had tuned those voices in to make them feel really separate and distinct. Um, and he's just doing an amazing job because those four character, five characters, including Crosshairs, are very. Very grounded, just auditorily, if you can you, tell them apart. If you watch with your eyes closed, you can tell which character is talking. And even in episodes where they have, like, I can't remember the name of the clone now, but in like the Ryloth episodes, there's oh, that other, yeah, you know, um, like, even if you're in an episode, Hauser, I think yeah, Hauser sounds right. So even if you've got even more characters thrown on top of just the five or the four or whatever it is, you can tell every single person apart, and it is amazing. Right. It, it, it's just fantastic. And I think it's been nice because while I think characters like Echo and Tech are having less of an arc this episode um, and being a little tiny bit more functionary, I like that everyone's gotten a chance to sort of shine. I mean, I think you're I think Hunter and Wrecker are the ones getting the most work, mostly because of their relationship with Omega is tight. Like yeah. Hunter is the continuing adventures of Space Dad. Mm-hmm. And Wrecker is the continuing adventures of dumb older brother. Yeah, I mean, they each serve their own purpose when it comes to um, the overall functionality, both of the show and with Omega. You know, you, like you said, Hunter is space dad. Wrecker is the big brother or the, the fun pal, you know, the dog of the family. Yes. Like, just going to have the adventures together, the Calvin and the Hobbes. Tech is the inserting factoids, you know, and... and um, basically being the answer to the he, question. I think he's getting the least because he's the most functional character. Hey, we need a mm-hmm. pilot. Hey, can you hack this? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you but do that? But you know that? what's nice about him is he's not always succeeding. No, you no. Know, they do a good job of making him feel like he has his limits. He knows the answer, but the answer is always a realistic thing. It's never just to come in and save the day continuously with him. Yeah, like, again, with the, the episode with the Rebels, like, the fact that he's like, wait, you will need this to signal boost. And I love the fact that in the end we find out, like, oh, that was more sly than we gave him credit. He actually snuck a data rod in there to duplicate the data from the droid head so that if they lose the droid head, they still win. And I go, well played. Yeah. Well played. A very competent character. I mean, they and, all are. And even Echo, who I think they still got to figure out a little bit of what they want to do with Echo and and tech as far as character development he's right Swiss now army knife he, he fits yeah. a little bit into everything and both of them sort of right now are in the hacker role and it's like i think one of them needs to sort of i if i was writing the story i would make tech more hardware and echo more software yeah um but like even echo i really enjoyed in the episode where they're springing gregor like they come up on the base and find out, oh, this is a full facility with an entire complement of troopers and clone commandos yeah uh, i think this mission scrub we're gonna go tell rex and Echo, a former POW, just kind of turns around like, if there's a clone being held against their will, we have to go in. And I'm oh, like, it's a great moment. That's great and personal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he he sat out half the Clone War in a freaking inside a tank that was using his brain as a computer. Like, yeah. he had it rough. Oh, for sure. It's nice to see everybody get their moment, you know, their moment of impact emotionally in the story. Um when you have a group cast like this, sometimes it can be a little worrying, you know, about giving every character the time you want them to have. Um, you know, we we see throughout this series, we also get a lot of guest appearances from fun characters. Yes. We get some Cad Bane. We get some Fennec oh Shan. Uh, as you said, Trace and Marfa. Or uh, Marta, whatever it is. Uh, I think it's... Rafa. Rafa? No, Rafa. that's their last name. Trace no, and Marta, no, no, no. No, you get it backwards. Trace and Rafa... Martez. That's it. Thank you. Trace and Rafa Martez. Yes. Martez? Something like that. Yes. It, it's We should know. It's vaguely one of... It's close to a real world Hispanic last name, but I don't think it specifically is. It's slightly fantasied, yeah. I think. Trace and I think Rafa it's Martez. Definitely seems right. Um, anyway. We're anyway, so it was cool to see them because we got them introduced at the finale, the final season of Clone Wars. And they're a great example of people who were inspired by Ahsoka mm-hmm. and the adventures they have, and they are the the absolute ground Only level. Rebels. And we saw Saw Gerrera, who, oh, yes. who is just moving from one war to the next. Oh, poor Saw. Now you understand why he's so darn tired at the end. He's like, 
I'm not. I'm not running. If they're coming after me with a laser, I, I mean, that's at least got to count for something. I'm gonna go out in a burst of glory. Yeah, because I'm too old for that. Yeah, too too many time, too many spins on the Borgallet. Well, I I think it really does set up the fact of like just how broken he like when he's broken in Rogue One. It it they keep making it make more sense because like oh, yeah, the way he talks about it is like it's like well the war's over is it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked about it before. I, I've brought this up many times. How amazing the Jin Saw storyline slash emotional dealings are in the Rebel Rising novel. Yeah. That if you're at all in, interested in Rogue One or Jin or Saw or any of those characters, Rebel Rising is just not only an amazing story, but it does so much justice for both of those characters' story arcs. Just and out and... Just, just really... I mean, it's the two-thirds of Rogue One that's missing. Right. It's, if you like, listen, read Rebel Rising. Go read Catalyst. Catalyst and would then, be first. Catalyst would be well, first. What I'm just saying. Read yeah. both those books yeah. and Rogue One. You go, wow. There's the two thirds missing from this entire plot line that yes. they just said. I mean, we could do characters, but throw those in the novels. We'll just have flash and explosions in this movie. Um, not to say that that's not fun, but I'm just saying like the the deep character build. Those are complex yeah. three dimensional I mean, characters, hey. even if they're not fully represented yeah. in that film. I think I said it in the Rebel Rising episode, but if you read Catalyst, Rebel Rising, and then watch Rogue One, that is the best complete story yes. that has happened under Disney, period. I, I, Jyn Erso's character arc is amazing. It's just a shame the movie only shows the tail end of it. And, and I'm hoping that once we get Andor and other projects, we might be able to get some of that back into the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great to see Saw Gerrera as like one of our first points of contact, like their first mission. It's even in the first episode yeah. is going to to break down this cell. And then they find out like, oh, no, he is a freedom fighter. But right now he's just getting refugees off of a planet. Like we can't justify killing him. Yeah. Um, we see, like we said, Trace and Rafi. And that also serves the important purpose of showing that the Bad Batch has a line they don't want to cross. Right. And that the fact that I think it gives us that meat that if it wasn't for the inhibitorship, there would be a lot of clones that would not be doing the fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Commander Cody, I think, is a guy who's probably a good guy, but he just followed the order because his brain told him to and he was not in any position to re- resist at all. Yeah. And, I mean, I think they did a really, really good job at the finale of Clone Wars of showing Rex and how, no, 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 this isn't a choice. It's not an impulse. It's not like, I should follow this order. It is an absolute, unoverridable urge. Yes. Um, You see, Trace and Rafi, which was, like I said, very cool to see them. And, again, the beginnings of these rebels. Um, Mm -hmm. When we saw Cad Bane, I I was vibrating with excitement because... Fennec Shan? Fennec Shan. Yes. I got it right this time. You did. Not, you not it. Shannon Fenn. Fennec Shan. Uh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> we had seen her character in the trailer, so we knew that was coming, and she yes. turned out to be very interesting where she fits into this story of oh, yeah. she's sort of hunting Omega, but weirdly enough, hunting Omega for kind of the good guys. Yeah, um, yeah we get some great weird behind the scenes stuff with the cloners, too. Because I like the Kaminoans, Kaminoans, they're. they're what they want is very elusive and weird because the prime minister seems to just want to make sure the assets secured, you know, in a sense of Omega in case they need more donor cells or whatever. And Lana Sue seems like she actually genuinely cares about the welfare of the child. Yeah. Um, and so I like how, uh, Fennec's whole thing is basically just keep an eye on them. And if the bad batch sucks at their job, take her from him. And Cad Bane is, of course, being hired to just recover. And I really like that when he showed back up, I'm like, oh, Cad Bane, last few years of Clone Wars were rough for you, right? You, you look you look a lot more tired and, and a lot more Toto over back. it. He does. He Toto back, which is great. I'm glad he backed up Toto to the cloud so that he could bring him back. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite scenes in the entire show is... When Hunter's like, that's not going to happen. And Cad Bane's like, are you sure about that? And oh. they have the total just Wild West showdown. Yeah. And when Cad Bane drops him, because he's a way better fat, quick draw artist, drops him dead. And Omega's like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't happening. Cad Bane's like, oh, this is happening. And drags her away. Oh. And then, of course, for me, you had the yes. whole Republic Commando sequence yes. of him being re- revitalized. But I like that for a good 30 seconds, I'm like, 
Hunter's dead. Yeah. He was just shot by one of the best guns in the West, and he didn't miss, and he didn't aim for a limb. You saw it impact dead center on yeah, his chest. It was a great moment. They did a great job. Like, you can have, uh, like, bait and switch that goes pretty quickly like that. Like, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, is he dead, isn't he dead? But to sell it in the moment yes. like that in such a powerful way was great. Uh, one of the best episodes by far of the show. Yeah, and, and just Cad Bane, it was great because it also just reminds you of like, no, 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 guys. Cad Bane hasn't been around to become a Saturday morning cartoon villain. He is serious. When he shows up, he is deadly and murderous and not someone to be played around with. Oh, I just want more. I just want more Cad Bane. I, I, I want more, but I like keeping it very... I think the reason Cad Bane is such a potent character is because we didn't stick around with him long enough for him to fall into pit traps of being a villain that's overcome over and over again. You know what I would love to see? Cad Bane is already an older bounty hunter. You know, you get that sense that he's like past middle age. Yeah. I would love to see him post Return of the Jedi in live action, just like old Cad Bane. Just out of it. Sitting at the bar at the local saloon, you know, playing cards all day. Yeah. But still, no one messes with him. He's still intense. I, I Yeah, I would love to see a, a Cad Bane at a Katina uh, playing like video Sabak. Yeah. And someone comes in like, hey, were you Cad Bane? Now that's not a name I've heard in a long time. I, not do you anymore. T- he's like, 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 yeah, not anymore. It's like, like, yeah, you used to be the fastest, fastest gun in the West. Just him just l- very tired looking up of like, was. It's like, yeah, you probably saw a lot of action back when you were younger, and he just shoots him. And then everyone else in the bar, who's used to Cad Bane, just goes, yeah, we'll clean it. I'll, we'll clean that up for you, Mr. Bane. We're very sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Just this ruthless, tired, old... Like, yeah. The movie Red, just like the idea of this retired but extremely <laughs> dangerous man. Cad Bane is John Malkovich. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um... And, you know, just get a little rasp on those air tubes. Just, like, get a little more of that, like, uh, Oh, yeah, Vader. he have, like, a, like, a slight tobacco smoker sound added in. Oh, puts a voca- vocabulator up to his throat, like... Yes, that would be great. Uh, but anyway, it so was very cool. Lots of good guest stars. Good, great, great, great stuff. Gregor, who we know is going to end up with Rex yep. and his crew at the end. Um, and let's talk about it, because I just... I, it was, all right, this is about the only real negative I have for the show. Oh, what's that? Man, it was really cool to see Hera. I did not need to see two episodes of Hera Uh, that ended, and this is my bigger problem, that ended exactly how I thought they would, which is, Cham Sandula, you're putting down arms? Yes, it's time for us to embrace peace. I'm like, bet that's not going to last. And guess what? It didn't last. But see, what I liked about those episodes was kind of what I said at the beginning of this was I really liked having time to see here has how the Empire takes over a planet. Here is how the political machinations of it work up. They come in promising all of these big things. You know, we've seen this in books. We've seen this in comics. We've had it alluded to. But to see it on screen with this character of Rampart, you know, uh, with Cham, a character we already have established and all of that, Norn Freetop. Yeah. I really liked seeing it. And I really, really enjoyed seeing, like, Cham try. He tried to get along with the Empire. He tried to go and play by the rules. And obviously, he was completely still overrun and overruled. And all of his power was taken away from him. So we see... The more he tries to get out, the more they draw him back (laughs) in. And, you know, I like getting to see that. And, yeah, it's... Okay, whatever. It's maybe a little bit weird that it's like a character we already saw from Rebels. You know, not a new character, a new planet. But it is what it is. People like Hera and people like Cham as an established character. So I didn't mind so much. The other thing I really liked about it was I really liked Omega and Hera's friendship. um, Yes. You know, that kind of was took place in both episodes. So I kind of wish maybe the whole thing had been one episode. But if doing that eliminated some of the stuff we got in that first episode mm-hmm. of all the political intrigue, then I don't want that. Then I'm I, fine that we spent... If this had been an eight-episode season, I'd be upset. Sure. But there are other episodes I would rather not watch before these. I think the, you know? the thing that John addresses, I'm with you with, like, I feel like the material could have been done in one episode, especially considering how beautifully they've been pacing all these episodes. Like, we get a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. and I think 
I think I would have been completely happy with this in season two. But when that happened, I still wasn't sure if this was a one and done show or if it was going to have multiple seasons. I don't think we knew that to like the third to last episode that like, oh, yeah, it's been renewed for season two. I'm like, OK, we have a season two. Didn't know that. Um, and I think the last piece of the puzzle is I think I would have loved this in a season two. Like to step that, far, especially that first episode, to walk so far away from the Bad Batch and have them be so incidental to that plot just felt weird because I just felt that like, you know, we had just seen crosshairs getting permanently damaged. Like it felt like there was so much energy for the bad batch of like, Oh, crosshairs on your tail. And this is really bad. He's going to chase you off this planet. What are you going to do? We're going to, we're going to have a, a side mission to Ryloth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're going to get, we're going to get back to stuff soon. It's okay. Fine. It, it just felt very, it felt very odd to me. Yeah. And again, I don't know if there's any, I don't think you could put it anywhere in the run where it's not sort of just its own little capsulated bottle up bottle. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the other thing is when I showed it to my friend, like there's definitely a certain amount of like at the end, he's very much like, so who is this Hera person? They focus on her a lot. She seems like something bigger than just this episode. I'm like, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> um, yeah. And her dad is, too. Uh, and no, I don't know where her vaguely French accent goes. But it's gone by the time we get to Rebels. I do know that. Um, well, she's a citizen of the universe by that point. Her accent has fallen away. Well, she inherited it from her mom, who also has that accent, which is fine. Ayla Sakura has that accent. I know that's where we're coming from. Yeah. But Sham has never had that accent. So I guess it's like high Twi'lek and low Twi'lek. Like it's like it's like American English versus British English. Um, well, all right. Depends. So, you, you know, one was born on the west side of the tracks, one on the east. It's just slang, you know. Um, and then the only other the only other complaint I have is more of, again, a nitpick, which is the last two episodes I feel are weird. I'm thinking at some point those were meant to be at end. That's like a 60 minute special. And at the last minute they didn't decide to do that. Or at some point they didn't decide to do that. Cause I still feel it's very weird for us who watched it, you know, week by week. Yeah. Ah, uh, all right. Destroy Camino. And you see it being blown up and you're like, Whoa. And then this next episode is the day you of that. It's the falling action of like right. Camino's destroyed. How do they get out of here? And I'm like, well, that's exciting. It would have probably been more exciting if I was writing this two hour. If I wrote it as a two parter, it would be like, prepare your weapons, and you'd end on Rampart ready to give the order, and you'd open the episode, the next episode, with the destruction, and then the the survival. The way it's framed, like I sat on a week of like, what are they gonna do? Did they survive that? I don't know. And then when we got back, I'm like, oh, they did. Well, they'll get off planet. There's gonna be a second season of this, so okay. Continue on. There's some really great character moments here, but like I'm not really feeling any threat because I'm so detached from when Camino blew up from a week that I'm like, I know you guys will be fine. <laughs> there is a, in a way, a bit of a lacklusterness to the last episode, mm-hmm. just because yeah, that episode before it is so good. Oh, um, I. It's not that I don't like the last episode, but I agree. It feels weird that, about some pacing things just because of the week break. And it does feel like it should have been a, you know, 90 minute special well, like episode one. was. And I'm super excited because my friend is going to watch those. He's on those. Ep- those are the last two episodes we're going to watch next week. Oh, that's great. And I'm so excited because like you get to watch them back to back. It's going to be so much better yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Um, Let me know if it's better. I haven't gone back and rewatched it. Yeah, no, I, I, it's been fun rewatching them and going like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Because uh, we uh, last uh, just a couple nights ago, we did the episode with um, the Daveronian um, Roland oh, who comes yes. in and takes over the bar yes. and then gets and like I'm like, man, I forgot how good the lighting is of doing all the dark spaces and the fact that there's these creatures underground and like it's pretty solid. Oh, yeah. I love there are so many moments in the show just as a whole. Where they use lighting in such a powerful way where it just looks like a matte painting. It's just there, oh, yeah. there are these moments like oh. where it's just this beautiful still shot, and it's incredible. One of the nicest low-key flexes in that the episode that follows that, which is Gregor's episode, he's running through the night, and like the flashlights shining through these pine trees and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's that is so much more than you could have done in any of your previous TV shows. Oh, yeah. And it just looks 
beautiful. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. There's a, a ton of great moments, and the fact that it already looks so good, I can't wait to see where it ends up in season three or four or wherever we go. All right, let's maybe wrap this down with uh, a couple of meditations on the big surprises that came, what surprises are left, and what we think a season two is going to be. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the mystery of Omega, and I'm glad that we have enough of an answer. Yeah, so I mean, we so far believe that Omega is a direct clone of Jango Fett, that he, she is basically a completely pure version of the DNA, so her and Boba are the two exact copies, and everything else has been watered down, let's say. Now, right. that is all we know so far, other than we know that Omega's character is very empathetic, she's very good at reading people, she's very good at reading the room, and she also is very eager to be useful. She wants to be part of the gang, she doesn't want to be left on the sidelines, but she's also understanding of her own skill level and of her own abilities. You know, she right. isn't one of those people who just is constantly needing to be around, you know, and just like she wants to be useful. She wants to have a purpose. Yep. Now, I am not convinced that there isn't more to be revealed here. Well, if nothing else, there seems to be, which is a tired trope of science fiction, but like she seems like the recessive gene copy, right? She's she's a girl. She's fair haired. Um, she's empathetic. She's the reverse of Django Fett. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain part of that that's been going around. Like, I first saw it in like Metal Gear Solid. Like, was very much that. And I'm like, that's not exactly how recessive and dominant genes work. But I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you're going for an opposites thing. Um, I mean, it's certainly possible that that's what it is. I think there's still the possibility that she is something completely else, something that they haven't, you know, it's a misdirect. The one thing I really like is it, it has put a little bit of rest to, she's probably not a Palpatine clone, which Mm, some people were thinking, especially when she had that real slick back hair. I think it's just based on the visual, just based on the look more than anything. And the fact that I still think at the end of the season, there are many times she seems force sensitive. But I think it's going to be in that vein of like a Han Solo or a Leia before Jedi training. I, I, I don't see her on the Jedi path, and that makes me happy. I agree. It doesn't seem like that's where this is headed. Um, so, and I like that they teased it out, but I also like they've been paying it off here and there. Like, yes. we found out, like, oh, Lama Soon wants them. Oh, her name is Omega because in Kimonian, like, in the database, the alpha prototype is Boba. Yes. Um, and and I, I don't think Omega got to live with Django, so she never got a real name. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I do like the fact that, in theory, theory, she's a fat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. I'm just saying that chain code that uh, Boba has in Mandalorian, she's, she's on that family tree if you knew about her. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because that's certainly possible. I guess it all depends well, on the paperwork. And I think it also has, in my mind, set up a absolutely unavoidable rock in the river we're going to hit of, so let's talk about Alpha. Yeah. At some point, the Bad Batch, I feel, has to meet Alpha. They have to meet Boba Fett and see how he fits into all of this. It does feel like we're on track to meet Boba at some point. And I think that's great. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, what what if, like, just, like, Book of Boba Fett opens up and he's got, like, two hounds he now has at Jabba's Palace and he names one after Omega? Like, you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, that would be fun. You know, just, like, the fact that they are definitely doing work with Boba Fett, I think, on both ends, both his youthful mm-hmm. version and his older man version. Agreed. I think there's more to come for sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest surprises is when we finally get down to Crosshair and we're finally, like, the time to com- commit to, like, all right, man, just let us get your inhibitor chip out and we can all be good. It's not you, man. And he's like, no, actually, it is me. I had that removed. Yeah, but you're still being a dick. I am because I believe in what the Empire is doing and my place in it is secure. You want to go out and be a refugee running around the galaxy? What, for some girl? Like, no, man. We were a team. We had a purpose. We were told to go missions and we accomplished the missions. Let's get back to that. And I love there's that just bucking of the heads of Hunter just realizing like, oh, your problem isn't the inhibitor chip. Maybe that was the thing that made you aware that you wanted something different. But, like, you you really do want us back here because you just want to go back to the good old days. And 
you don't care who's on the other end of your sniper scope. I do. <laughs> yeah, I I mean it it was a nice surprise. I don't yes. think it's what we expected at all. No. I think a lot of people expected them to capture Crosshair and take him and forcibly remove his chip or maybe something more along the lines of Crosshair dying. I mean, I know we speculated on that yes. or you know Crosshair coming around and then sacrificing himself. I or, don't think or, anybody was talking about the possibility that he had already removed the chip. I think the one I think I thought it was going to be was basically what that second episode, the very last episode of the show was, which was him stuck having to work with them and still hating them. Yeah. And I like that in the end I love he stays on the platform. Yeah. Like, I, I love he's like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I'm like, that's really powerful. And I can't wait to see how rewarded or punished he gets by the Empire for what happened. Because yeah. we know Rampart doesn't give a crap. He's totally fine with nuking all of them. He doesn't care. Like, oh, great. They all die together. Good for them. Yeah. But I think Rampart's also not stupid enough to not realize of like, well, you survived that? Hmm. Maybe you are more useful than I thought. I agree. I agree. It see like it doesn't seem like he's going to be getting demoted or anything like that. No, um, I, I'm curious how long it takes for him to get picked up, but <laughs> eventually the probe droids will show up, and and, and then the, the, just to search for life forms, they'll see him. They'll take like a few pot shots at him. He'll sniper them, and they go like, oh, I guess we have to send the shuttle. Uh, I guess we have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I thought that was really good. I think. Lama Sue and what project she's getting sent to is very interesting. And I think every, who's not watching this going like, that's the strand casted emperor. It's got to eventually get to that plot line. Mm -hmm. We keep threatening it at everything we see that remotely could be it. So yeah. some, one of these has to eventually pay off. Definitely, <gasps> definitely hinting at more cloning, obviously. And that uh, installation that we see her go to is very, very cool. I mean, yeah, those mountains with yeah. just that cut around the top of them. Yeah. Like a hive. Eventually, something is going to rip the seal off and talk about the strand cast and talk about, you know, the failed clone of Palpatine and talk about... Uh, it, it's bound to happen eventually. Set the thing motions. Either that or maybe just a completely off-the-wall different kind of thing. Maybe she's working on the Zillow Beast. This could be this could be the Starkiller spinoff. This could be Starkiller. There's a whole lot of mm -hmm. loose threads we could pull pull at here, but this I, could be Luke. Luke. <laughs> yes, it could be the clone of Luke Skywalker. Wouldn't? Oh God. Um. Wow. You know, I never thought about that. What's that? Well, just floating a theory. They talked about Omega is a a, uni a complete donor, and they, I think they expressly say it's Jango Fett. He, she, you could tell me she's a Skywalker. <laughs> you could tell me she's like a female clone of Anakin. I could buy that. That'd be funny. That'd be interesting. So, I don't know. That's, mm, 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 mm. Even more interesting would be like if it was Yoda who ordered it. <laughs> like, wasn't even a Palpatine shenanigans. Another mistake I made. And not talk about will I. <laughs> Just um, brush it under the rug, we will. Well, and I think it's cool. Is I like that that's going to... I think that's the sort of mystery is what she's working on is going to flow through season two. Because now that she and Rampart are there, um, I think that obviously is the villain plot line. Because I don't think we're seeing much of Tarkin. I think that Rampart's sort of going to take the yeah. take the reins here yeah, for Tarkin's this busy. season. He can't be dealing with these low-level things. Yes, he's he's got he's got stuff to do. Yeah, Rampart's in for the long haul. It seems like all of our main characters are. Sid, I'm sure, is going to be around. Sid was amazing. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with Sid. I, I really like Sid. She's no it. flicks, but I like Sid. No, I and and I, I just... She's the right character for what they need. Oh, yeah. And perfect casting. Yeah, and a lot of fun. And I want to see more of them doing fun jobs. But I, I am hoping that in season two we get to... More like two to three episode, like mini plot arcs, you know, give me like three episode arcs, just like Clone Wars was doing rather than one off episodes. I think they were doing pretty good with these little like two parters Yeah, where like they're like, OK, we're getting to this clone ship. We're going to get the the chip out of your head. And now we got to deal with escaping this place. And here's Hera. And here's the end of Hera. Here's. Like, those those were good, but, like, yes, I still want to be sprinkled in there. I do want at least a few adventures of the week of, like, oh, they got to rescue the Rancor that's going to Jabba's palace. That's great. Totally fine with that. I just think we need a little bit less of that as we go. Mm. Just because, it, not so much because I don't like those episodes, 
but more because I just want a consistent story that builds on itself every week. Well, like I would like to see some, you know, like an ongoing plot. What I think I would like, so you know, I like episodic. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into all the serialization, but like, I think it would be good if they kept doing that. The adventures of the week are where you build up the secondary characters, mm-hmm. like how Cad Bane's arc, little arc was. Sure. Or, um, you know, meeting Boba Fett is like, you know, a side plot. Does it necessarily connect back to the main plot? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Or uh, meeting Hera or any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for season two. I hope it's only a year away. <laughs> it does seem like that's the case. I, I'm hoping by yeah by next fall we're getting more next summer I guess we're getting more of this. I honestly think we'll get it in the spring. Um, like I think we'll get it around the same time we did this year. It depends on when Andor and Kenobi when their dates actually land. Because uh, I, the fact that Kenobi is like close if not already done with principal photography there's a part of me that's like that feels like the may the fourth release if they can make it happen it could certainly happen but the only thing i'll say is with bad batch being 16 episodes there is a very strong chance it could run in tandem at least partially with other shows Hmm. like there's a chance between if we have 16 episodes of bad batch six episodes of kenobi say, eight episodes of Andor, probably. Mm-hmm. You've got the end of Book of Boba Fett in January, and you've got Mando Season 3, probably sometimes big, early winter. January. Yeah. Like, there is a chance that with animated, could mash up with live action. What scares me is they're just going to be like, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Andor, Kenobi, yeah. Clone Wars, <laughs> and then one of the new shows that is probably starting filming soon like you know the rangers uh, rangers or the ahsoka, ahsoka show or up and, I, I think yeah. their goal is i think disney in their mindset on a five-year plan they're like yes there are brand new episodes of a marvel show brand new episodes of a star wars show and brand new episodes of a disney family show every single when wednesday till the end of time mm-hmm. that's the goal i and you know what you want to maybe be a loyal subscriber that is yeah. absolutely how to yeah. lock me up forever Come, come, come on. I mean, Disney, all I want is animated versions of Star Wars novels. Give me Dark Disciple animated movie. And give me some High Republic content on Disney+. Plus. That's what I want. High Republic would be one I'd like to see. Well, isn't Acolyte? Yes. Yeah, Acolyte's... Acolyte is. We just don't know a lot of detail yet about what it's going to be. Well, I mean, don't worry. The future is always in motion. That's but, true. Um We'll love, talk about that stuff later. Not yeah. Bad Batch related. I say, loved Bad Batch. Absolutely yeah. adored it. Can't wait for more yeah, of it. Yeah, we had a ton of fun, and we can't wait for more. Um, and we'll, we're going to talk about characters and a lot more in-depth as we go in and do individual and topics. topics with all of these mm-hmm. characters, just like we do with other episodes. But today, I'm just glad we got a chance to talk about it and share our basic feeling, because we both had a great time with it. And I can't wait to go back and rewatch. Absolutely. Let's go wrap this up. All right, we've landed the Marauder. We've paid our docking fees. It's time to leave the Bad Batch here in the port for at least a while. You know, it's nice that the Marauder never got too beat up after all the gruff the Razor Crest went through this year. They can't kill two Mando ships in one year to me. They just can't do that. <laughs> um, I'm glad we got to talk about this. Let's see. Outside of Bad Batch, what's been going on? The new episode of Disney Gallery focusing on Season 2, Episode 8. The Luke episode of Mando is out. Yes. Mac, you haven't watched it yet. I have not caught it yet, but I will. I uh, I did watch it. It's a ton of fun. It's about 45 minutes. It's just, you know, gives you all the feels. I cried a bunch of times. Uh, Mark Hamill looks good. Like, they have recent interviews with him. Yeah. Boy, does... I mean, he looks good in the footage from the behind-the-scenes stuff, but boy, does he look good now. He looks tan and thin, and it's like... Hey, maybe he just... Man, maybe I, he hit the gym during pandemic. Things huh? are looking good for Mark. Mark is looking... Like a fit old man. Um, 
Really enjoyed it. I, uh, let's see, I'm making more progress through Into the Dark. I'm finally trying to buckle down and finish it. Okay. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble with a Claudia Gray book. It shouldn't be, but for whatever reason, it's just Stunt not catching you. for me. Um, I did finish uh, the first Darth Bane book finally. Mm-hmm. So I am chipping back away at my Legends pile onto <laughs> the second Darth Bane book now. Um, and I feel like these will be pretty quick reads. I don't, I don't think they're going to take me long to get through. And then I'm on to Darth Plagueis. So I have Ooh. some big Legends books coming up. I'm pretty excited. Um, let's see. Collecting-wise, we got the official announcement that the Rancor Black Series has Lab project yes. is coming in the fall. So, like, fall time frame now official. Yep. Uh, can't wait. The Galactus, the project they're currently running, just hit its funding. So that's good. You know, people are still buying toys. Um, let's see. Adults are anyway. Yeah. Just got back from a trip to Tennessee. Uh, I finished while I was away the, uh, new Chuck Wendig novel. Uh, I don't know if you remember Chuck, but he wrote the aftermath trilogy. Uh, so a non star Wars novel, but, uh, if you want more of like a Stephen King supernatural thriller, definitely check out his new one, the book of accidents. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is, uh, not quite as good as wonders. If you're looking for a book to read and you haven't read wonders, I highly, recommended his last novel but it was a ton of fun and a really good book and uh, i hear the audiobook is great too so if you're looking for a non-star wars book there's my recommendation rad i was gonna say the only thing really going on in mine is we got the confirmation that it seems like my black saber will be arriving in november now but uh, it seems like it's going to arrive in november it seems like things are shipping or hasbro's gotten yeah. as much delay as they are on particular products a lot of gruff today target has been canceling pre-orders for vintage collection stuff yeah. people who had mall and ahsoka pre-ordered they canceled them and then immediately put them back up for pre-order uh so people are definitely having some gripes there it's probably uh, because again the logistics trains of the world are all yeah. kinds of messed up so yeah. it's probably they're going to deliver them but not in the quantities maybe target promised yeah. very well could be um you know, hey, collectors out there, our heart goes out to you. We know it's, uh, you know, the normal crappiness of being a collector mixed with all of the COVID pandemic stuff to make it even worse. Trust yeah. me, I get it. Uh, I get it very much so. Um, let's see, Mac, anything else going on in the world of Star Wars? I can mention some not news that didn't happen. Oh, go ahead. Um, so Gamescom in Europe is going mm. the the largest video game exhibition in the world. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people were maybe going like, Hey, uh, maybe, uh, maybe originally, you know, it was going to be a celebration or something. You're going to, you talk about that fallen order too. You know, bring that up. No, no, I guess you're not. I guess you're not. So now there's only really one time in the rest of the calendar year where it could be announced this year. So it seems like we're not going to hear anything about fallen order anytime soon. Yeah, it seems like that might be a next year announcement to come out in 2023 type of thing. We might see a tease in December at the Game Awards. EA has presented new games like Dragon Age 4 and stuff Mm -hmm. there. So there's a small micro chance. But like, I don't know. At this point, I'm I'm expecting maybe the blowout's going to be at Celebration next year. Well, that would be fun. That would be, speaking of Celebration, uh, I have officially decided not to attend. Uh, Wait, but, but Ross... But you didn't have a ticket, and they're not offering you tickets, and they apparently have no idea how many people are going to go there and how many tickets they're going to get rid of. How did you make this hard decision? Um, So we've been been waiting, and all of those things Mac just said are absolutely true. My wife and I have been talking a lot about it, and we were much more sold on the idea of a fall celebration, not as much a spring. Sure. So just based on the timing and the fact that most hotels are now sold out, and I still don't have a ticket... And it's very frustrating the fact that they haven't announced anything about tickets months after the deadline to get refunds. Well, the curious question I have is, like, how few, like, I'm sure it'll still be packed, but, like, I get the feeling they're not going to give tickets out again. Because, like, I would have thought it would have started happening now. Because we're so far away from the hotel block reopening. Yeah. That, like, if, let's say, next month they offer the tickets, like, when they figured out all the cancellations and what's left, great, you got a ticket. Now you'll sleep nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly an issue. It is certainly, certainly an issue, and that is why we decided against it. So, And that's fair. We are now saving for a trip. We are going to do Disney World, so Galaxy's Edge, um, in the fall, in the late fall of next well, year. Well, I so. will still be going there with some friends, and I will be reporting back to you. Yes, yes, you will get all the details. Maybe pick me up some swag. Uh, and the celebration after great. that, we will... Probably I'll go. I hope Maybe. so. I hope we'll so. See. 
I hope so. I I really want to go back. I'm, but there is good news. I am still uh, going to move forward on my Star Wars tattoo, even without celebration. Yay! So very excited to get the ball rolling of that. I'm thinking about shooting maybe for like January, February. Right, and you are you are still talking about going to perhaps a galaxy far, far away with your wife. Yes, yes, we are we are still planning a. Uh, so we're looking at like fall of next year, like November or so going to Disney World, so I'll get to experience Galaxy's Edge, I'll get to build a lightsaber. Wait, wait, wait. Are you are you going to the Galactic Star Cruiser? I'm not going to the, no. There is no way my wife will let me spend $6,500, oh. one, on a hotel. Two, I'll be honest with you, Mac, I don't think I want to. Even really? if I had the money, I oh. don't think I would spend that on that experience. I'm... I would rather go to the Galaxy's Edge a dozen times. I am still in that camp of when I look at the money and you figure out all the food budget and all that kind of stuff. Like, yes, there's a premium to it, but it's not more than like a cruise trip premium. And I'm, I'm oh, well adjusted see, to it. You can go on a, tr- a cruise for like under a thousand dollars a person. Yes, but then you have to actually be marooned out, marooned out at sea. See, there's oh, no shipwreck. I'm not saying it's not awesome, or there's... I'm not saying that it won't be worth it. I'm just saying that even if I had six thousand well, dollars, I think I'd rather have fifty lightsabers. Um, like I, like I think. Well, you have to remember from get... my perspective, it's four grand, just because of that's sure. what I would need to pay for me to go. Sure. Um, but hey, you know what? Your wife's gonna be suffering you enough running around Batu. She probably doesn't need to spend two days locked inside There's that no world. Way she'd get into the role play of it all. So. Well, and to be honest, I'm I'm not planning on going immediately like yeah. i think it'll also i think the money will go down when there's not as much constraint on getting yeah, people we're gonna there. see who knows what I, the well disney has many like. times raised their ticket prices to be a curb against peak seasons and yeah. stuff like that so the thing there's that and then i think the other part about it is like i want to hear back the only thing that makes me nervous of like oh i should just go into crippling debt and go do it as fast as possible is what we saw in batu where like we have to put chicken tenders on the menu because people are dumb and can't figure it out. Right. Um, I expect the first couple of cruises in the galactic cruise are going to be all in. No one is going to respond to you. When you ask for the bathroom, you will have to ask for the fresher. Like I'm expecting all of that. And then I'm expecting that to fade a little bit as people who have no concept of why they're paying $6,000 get on the thing that they paid $6,000 for, 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 and don't engage it properly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of that there'll be. I, I can't wait I to hear. I hope not. I hope everyone who's like a Star Wars Celebration ticket is also the people with the first tickets to the Galactic Cruise. People who know exactly, like, who are going there to pretend that they are in a galaxy far, far away. That's... And you know, if you, if you're if you're paying attention to this kind of stuff, you've seen there have been like sample schedules that have leaked of, of like itineraries, you know, like yeah, of, like of the stuff that well, I don't know if leak or if they, I can't remember if they even just released them now, but basically they've been floating around of like how structured of an environment it's going to be, and that seems very very good, and that's what you kind of want. You want a structured immersive environment, but yeah. I think that could also be a negative, you know, until they really get into the rhythm of it. So it's going to be interesting. I Those think... first couple people who were there yeah. and who are live blogging it or whatever i can't wait to see oh, that i can't content. wait to see what's going on because I, again i think disney's going to be fine because disney's been running cruise ships for like 20 years now so yeah, i'm not worried if they just are mentally just thinking that this is a dry docked uh cruise ship i think they know what they're doing and i'm very excited to see what happens but i do still think that it's the funniest thing in the world of like Mac, would you pay $4,000 to go in there? Yes, I will pay $4,000 for a windowless room that has a bunk bed. I'm so stoked. Why? Look, I can't explain it. I just want to go. Shut up. Just want to go. <laughs> As I'm tugging on my little first order hat. <laughs> so, hey, if you're planning on going to the Galactic Star Cruiser, let us know. Star Wars, uh, what, what's our thing? Twitter.com slash Star Wars All In? Yes. Is it just Google <laughs> yeah. Star Wars All In on, on Twitter? Sway, think, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is, right? Yes. <laughs> or go to anchor.fm slash Sway and you can actually leave us a voicemail and stuff if you want. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, we still have that. We haven't promoted it in a while. That's true. I forgot about that. We should probably do fun. stuff and like, we should probably engage our audience fun. more. Yeah. yeah hey, we try hey, if, I hear the kids wanna, are doing Discord. What's if, a Discord? If you want to be, uh, if you want to have a recording of your voice on Star Wars All In, just send it to us in some way. Uh, we'll probably put Star it Wars All In at gmail.com. As long as there's like a thousand of you. Or uh, 
send us an audio recording on Twitter if you can do Actually, that. Actually, you know what? I'll just throw it out there. If you guys have also, um, if you have any comments or concerns, throw them on there. We'll try and edit them into the show as long as we find a place for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what, I will keep an eye out. If we get a whole bunch of them, we might do a kind of mailbag section if we get oh, enough yeah. audience response. Oh, yeah. If we response. had enough, uh, like, questions or anything like that, we would absolutely do a uh, a mailbag session that would be fun so hopefully you're listening to this and you think about that and you didn't stop after the topic was over and uh you're hearing this message and uh we want to talk to you so talk to us star wars all in at gmail.com right that's right all right well i'm mac and i'm ross and until next wednesday This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.